Next on BYU Sports Nation, a spring fling with BYU football at your doorstep. What's this about changing up the defensive scheme again? The two seed and a triple bye in Vegas are in BYU's control with the win tomorrow. Jonathan Tavernari discusses. Plus, second-ranked BYU men's volleyball puts perfection on the line, and the latest hero for BYU women's basketball saves the game in under a minute. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live on a Friday. This is how we do it. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hope you're enjoying this February 28th. It is not the last day of February. That said, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Leap Day publicist here at BYU, Jerem Jordan. Now, our research team is uh, deep. We have a ton of depth there, more than the BYU linebackers, surprisingly. Um, and they came up with this. BYU's 3-0 in Leap Day games. How about that? Only three all-time? That's it? BYU men's uh, basketball three, yeah. unbeaten on Leap Day. So back in 52, 10-point win against Colorado State. 60 foe. Uh, BYU beat Arizona by 13. That was a whack game, by the way. Now that's Roland Minson basketball. Yes, indeed. Uh, and then, well, yeah, uh, <laughs> 13 years later. And then uh, 92, BYU beats San Diego State by 20. Okay. So uh, tomorrow's game at Pepperdine is the fourth Leap Day game in the La Historia de BYU. That's Spanish for the history of BYU. Okay. If you couldn't tell. Yeah, so I think all of you could. Looking at that 20-point win by BYU against San Diego said, I remember a yeah, time in the down. late 90s when both of those teams had losing records and were just drudged down in misery. Yeah. And now look at them. So much drudging. Now look at them. Yeah. San Diego State, a number one projected seed, risen to the top again. BYU obviously is back uh, and the NCAA tournament discussion for the first time in five years. But both of those teams were awful in the late 90s. It's crazy what happens in 20 years. I recall going to some games in the uh, 1 in 25 year. That was an easy young man's activity. <laughs> and I got on the Jumbotron a lot. And it was very exciting at the time. Yeah, he was John calling young men's groups. was pulled from the, from the football team as a tight end to play on the basketball team. Yeah. Has there ever been a greater player than Jeff Campbell? Jeff Campbell <laughs> was the original TJ. <laughs> TJ Haas, except is a, TJ Haas is, is a lot like better. Four times the player that Jeff Campbell was, and Jeff Only was a four? good player. Yeah, Jeff was right? a good player. Uh, that's true. Jeff was well, a good. He was a good like player. Like all league, but yeah. <laughs> today's show lineup does not include Jeff Campbell and the uh, 1996 BYU basketball team. Jonathan Tavernari, however, is included. He's back and more bombastic than ever. He's had a few Twitter debates in the last few days with uh, Trent Whiting and some former BYU basketball players. Do we owe him an apology after BYU beat Gonzaga? After putting him in timeout thanks to the San Francisco loss? No, he deserves to be in timeout. What are you talking about? <laughs> Your weekend must-watch games as it pertains to BYU opponents. We have the latest Rootables, plus each potential March Madness location for BYU basketball receives a dope or nope designation. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Malibu living for BYU basketball, 17th ranked. BYU visits Firestone Fieldhouse and Pepperdine tomorrow to close out the regular season. 
Either a BYU win against the Waves or a St. Mary's loss at Gonzaga guarantees the Cougars the number two seed in the West Coast Conference Tournament. The Zags secured the top seed with a blowout of San Diego last night. Think they were angry? BYU remains at number 14 in the net rankings and firmly on the six-seed line, according to ESPN's Joe Lunardi. BYU football announces the Boise State game has moved up a day to Friday, November 6th, marking the fourth game on a Thursday or Friday this year. More on that in a moment. Also, the Cougars announce a two-game series with Frez Yes State, beginning on the road November 8th, 2025, and in Provo on October 9th, 2027. So maybe Rocky Long was right. BYU can't be an independent without the Mountain West. JK. BYU women's basketball survives a scare from Pepperdine last night in Provo. 66-64, the Cougars trailed by four in the fourth quarter, and then Brenna Drollinger takes over. She made four three-pointers in the fourth quarter alone, including three in one minute. The hoop, Johnson, Drollinger, heat check, banks it in! Unbelievable! In the words of Marv Albert, She's on fire. Drollinger <laughs> nice, nice. finished with 17 points, a team-high six assists, and one steal. Paisley Johnson rocking that BYU-SN karma. Had a game-high 21. BYU hosts LMU tomorrow on Senior Day in Provo, 4 Eastern live on BYU TV. And they still undefeated in second-ranked men's volleyball team hosts number 13 Stanford tomorrow night on BYU TV. Cougars, uh, Cougars and Cardinal. It's the Cougars' last home match for 33 days. Whoa. They're going to go to Hawaii next week. They hit the road for seven of the final eight. So uh, catch them in person or uh, on the tube. BYU about to prove their medal on the road. Absolutely. No, massive match. Matches. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, presented by Trio Senior Living. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Beware Firestone Fieldhouse. BYU men's basketball owns a 500 record in Malibu against Pepperdine. That said, this year's BYU team is the best that has ever played in the West Coast Conference. The Cougars are projected nine-point favorite over the Waves, according to Ken Pomeroy, and given an 82% chance to win that, according to ESPN's Basketball Power Index. But there's the reality of BYU coming off a euphoric high post-Gonzaga win, and it's hard not to have an emotional letdown. Jeremy, what do you expect from BYU in a critical game against Pepperdine tomorrow? Let's set it up. BYU's won two in a row in Malibu, okay, so they have some momentum there after losing um, in four in a row, Wild. right, um, for a while there, like 14 through 17, five and five all time there. It's senior day for Pepperdine, Cameron Edwards, and Robbie Skeed. Uh, BYU ranked 17th, as you mentioned, coming off that great win, of course, against Gonzaga. You could argue that's the best win BYU's had since 2011. Uh, BYU is going to roll in this one. I think BYU is going to roll in this one. They're going to go in there. There's going to be a massive BYU crowd there, right? Uh, the Cougars are going to take the momentum, and they're going to ride the wave to victory Oh, snap. in Firestone Fieldhouse. I think BYU shoots the lights out. I think BYU overwhelms Pepperdine on this day. I could see all kinds of scenarios, but that's the most likely scenario to me. I think this team's focus. I think those seven seniors realize, guess what? If we blow it against Pepperdine and St. Mary somehow pulls off the upset and we have to play in the quarterfinal now, and now we have a dent, our first quad three loss uh, of the season. It's quad two at the moment, but I'm telling you, on Selection Sunday, Pepperdine's probably going to be a quad three then that hurts. There's so much at stake. This team has a high sense of urgency. I do not see them losing this game. I think they make plays. That doesn't mean it couldn't be close. 
uh, like a, two weeks ago, BYU had this amazing win at San Diego. Well, they had to make a play with 11 seconds left. But guess what? We just remember that that was a win. And I think BYU goes in and they win, and I could see them rolling. I like this Friday vibe of optimism from you. I could get used to this. I'm yeah. thinking about a certain lunch. Okay, with okay. A that, friend that, of that matters, that right? <laughs> that so matters. That, I'm in a good mood because of that. <laughs> it's playing into it. Yeah, I'm with you. I expect BYU to play with urgency. You don't think all week long they haven't heard from their coaches and from us, from every member in the media, that BYU has got to beat Pepperdine to maintain this national relevance that they have picked up. I wish they were like, we do? (laughs) Senior leadership knows what's on the line, primarily seeding in the tournament. Every game is so crucial. Yesterday, we had uh, Tom Homo set up this game as the West Coast Conference quarterfinal for BYU. He said it's a tournament game. they got to win this game, right? Yeah, it was a unique take. So I think the senior leadership will show up and a ninth straight win is on the line. BYU's got a nice win streak going. You want yeah. to roll into Vegas. I expect BYU to win by seven or more. So we'll call it three possessions plus. I think, yeah, it could be a close game, but I think BYU will do enough to be shooting free throws and ice the game late in Firestone Fieldhouse. I think Ken Palm's projection is basically spot on. He's got him by nine. I say BYU by seven or eight. And I expect BYU to have a wave of fans Against Pepperdine. Yeah, they, sh- they should outnumber the Waves fans in Malibu. Are you kidding me? Show up, SoCal Cougars. Make sure oh, that there. BYU is well represented and that you are heard tomorrow. Listen, wagons, pioneers, bandwagons. What a, listen, we're good at the wagon thing, okay? We're really good at the wagon thing. Uh, 17 plus, question mark. My N1 picks coming I'm Sorry, up. what? Topic two, BYU and Boise State. Uh, will not will not play on a Saturday. They're going to play on a Friday, November 6th, uh, in Boise, a fourth non-Saturday game. Spencer uh, Kent Linton, should this matchup always be a non-Saturday game? Uh, I like it when you use my phone name. Like you're in trouble. Right? <laughs> yes, like what did I do? Uh, no, I don't think this should always be designated as a non-Saturday game. I, I like it as a feature matchup. I mean, so it's, yeah, we talk about owning the night. And Friday night, you're not competing with other teams and with BYU and Boise. On TV, you're yeah. competing with high school football. Right. right. You're not competing with other college teams on TV on a Friday night. So there are more eyeballs, but the Cougars haven't played all that well against Boise on non-Saturdays. And that takes us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU football is a whopping 1-6 and six against Boise State in non-Saturday games. Woof. 1-6? and six. The one win came in 2013, a 37-20 beatdown of a not-great Boise State team. So, again, we talk about owning a- the a night. Yeah. BYU needs to win more of the Thursday-Friday games against Boise State to own the night. So there's... Yeah, a lot of eyeballs are watching, but if you don't win that game, it's not good. It, because then all of those eyeballs see BYU lose again to right. Boise Exposure State. Exposure can be negative. Yes, yes it can. Yeah. It was fun to be a primetime game against the Broncos last year on a Saturday night, albeit in the rain. But, you know, Saturday games are also easier for local fans to attend. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into uh, the, oh, man, it's on a Friday. There's no way BYU's going to win. Superstition! Uh, BYU just hasn't played well. BYU's never won in Boise, and the game is at Boise on a Friday this year. Was it even hard to beat Boise State this year? BYU played with its third-string running back, or, or third-string quarterback and, like, fifth-string running back. Was that even hard? 
Uh, they overlooked BYU, that's for sure. Uh, no, on a serious note, it hasn't mattered what day the game is. Boise State's won 7 of 10. It hasn't mattered what day the game is. I don't think this game uh, should be necessarily every time, but I do like it on a Friday. I think Thursday is too fast unless you're coming off a bye week. At Cougar Stats, unless they are all after having a bye week, I have no idea why someone would advocate for a shorter practice week to prepare for traditionally one of BYU's toughest opponents. That's a valid point. Um, but if you're not coming off a bye week, a Friday is fine. The travel's easy. It's like an hour in a plane to Boise, right? Or an hour and a half. You could technically bus up there and it would be okay. Right. Six hours in a bus or something. Depends on uh, if you know Uncle, uh, Uncle Fred's driving or whatever. Um, seven of the ten have been on a Thursday or Friday. Uh, the last two were on Saturdays. I'd, I'd prefer uh, Friday if you're coming off a bye a Thursday. If it's home, I don't care about Thursday would be fine. Um, yeah, own the night. And the bigger issue is not the day. It's that Boise State's good. But BYU is 2-1 and one against Boise State on Saturdays, Jerem. So much volume, dude. Right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I love this on a Friday. I think it's great. I think it's fun as a fan to be able to watch more games on Saturday, right? It's Saturdays, I get it. You want to RV in if it's home. This one's at Boise, where BYU hasn't won. They've lost, what, two or three times by one point? So just win, no matter what day it is. But I wouldn't mind if this game was on Friday a lot. Thursday's pushing it a little bit. Yeah, snap the double whammy. Win in Boise for the first time ever and beat Boise State on a Friday night. Let's go. Because everyone's like, dude, we have not beaten this team on a Friday. We are now we are motivated. It doesn't matter what day it is. Come on. Maybe they are now. Yes. Topic three, a spring fling of BYU football begins on Monday. What? Yes, spring football is back amidst the basketball oh, madness. The second most popular sport at BYU Appar- until this year. Apparently, BYU will feature some new looks schematically. Former BYU cornerback Ben Criddle and one of our media colleagues reporting that the Cougars will be experimenting with a 4-2-5 defensive scheme, meaning four down linemen two linebackers, and five defensive backs. If this report is accurate, Jerem, how do you feel about a potential 4-2-5? I don't like it because what does BYU have that is a real strength on this team? Linebackers. Linebackers. Uh, Brady Papanga said it a few years ago. Those mountain men types that are 6-2 to 6-5 and strong and... BYU can recruit that position. Why would you take them off the field? We don't know that this is actually the case. This is a report from Ben. I, I, think, I think Ben is uh, mostly spot on, right? I, I like Ben, friend of the program. Um, I, if BYU went to this, I don't like it. I think BYU has some talent in the secondary, but you are replacing Austin Lee and Dian Gonwoloku. So there are questions. Can BYU get a better pass rush if they have four down linemen? Is BYU putting a linebacker on the line? See, Remember when thing. Sione Takitaki was a defensive lineman for a year? Um, they moved him to linebacker, and I think he had more success. I, I'm not a fan initially of this idea. You could call it a 4-2-5 because of how they line up, but there could still be four linebackers on the field in this circumstance if you bring a linebacker up and then drop a linebacker two, into then, nickel coverage. But which linebacker is playing nickel? Because I don't think BYU has one. Well, Zane I think, Anderson is that type of but player, But he's not right? a linebacker anymore. He's not he's a in, linebacker. He's in the secondary, and he may even be a quarterback, apparently. Yeah, he's capable of floating he wherever. Can, yeah. He's a versatile player. So. But whatever he is, and maybe this is to put Zane in position to make yeah. plays because he's one of the best playmakers on the defense this year, assuming he's healthy. We hope he's healthy. I mean, weird, weird schemes are always kind of, uh, I don't know about that, but I... 
I don't read so much into the numbers that BYU couldn't have four linebackers still on the field depending on where they line up this, in a 4 And this five. is a nickel. Essentially, BYU's base would be a nickel. You'd have five in the secondary. I know there are a ton of BYU fans that love the idea about oh, dropping more into pass coverage. The two, there were so many sarcastic <laughs> tweets. The two zero nine defense that uh, BYU played last year was tremendous. It, guess what? It won games against USC and Utah State. Interceptions. Keaton Slovis and your boy Jordan Love at the NFL Combine. Yeah, Jordan right Love, now. who's probably going to be a first-round pick, could not he figure it out. Through threw 28 picks in that game, yeah. it felt like, right? How many was it? Three, four? Um, turned it over five times or something? That's how BYU dominated Utah State. I think if that game was even in turnovers, BYU still wins by two scores. But BYU blew out Utah State because of the turnovers. So this is interesting, and I— I like the idea of trying to set up Zane Anderson because I think he's a great playmaker. Yeah, what's he going to do? Where is he going to play? Is he going to be the floating defender from linebacker to corner to safety? Like, What, what are they going to do with Zane, Zane Anderson? Zane can line up on your fastest guy. He can also line up on your tight end. He can also, in the run game, when, a, a, when Wisconsin's left tackle is pulling, he can also come up and make a play in the backfield. So Zane, Zane going into the season is BYU's most versatile player. Perhaps this caters to Devin Kafusi as well, who was a linebacker, but then they put him on the line. Um, or, sorry, he was a defensive lineman, and then they put him as a backer. Maybe it's like, you know what, we're going to make sure you're there. Maybe BYU feels like we have to get a better pass, pass rush, and the way we do that is to put four on the line. We haven't seen this D-line do what we've thought they would do under Kalani Sataki quite yet. They, they've stopped the run pretty well, but it's like forcing third and longs where it's predictable and you can, you can play nickel and get a stop. I just got really excited thinking about BYU football and specifically defense with Kairos Tonga coming back, who's been challenged to get in better condition than he's ever been. And I did interviews uh, with the BYU football team the other day in preparation for the season, believe it or not. Uh, and you were part of that, Jerem. And uh, a couple of the players said, Atunaisa Mahe is the strongest player on the team, more so than Kairos Tonga. He's, okay? Well, maybe, and maybe that's part of this. We want two really good nose tackles instead of just the one guy. And then you can get both of those guys on the field. Because right now it was one or the other. Isaiah Kafusi, yeah. Max Tooley. I know the Chaz Ayu situation is still up in the air, but BYU's got great depth at linebacker. They're too deep. Zane yeah. Anderson, Chris Wilcox is back, and he's going to be what Troy they Warner. hope to be a great yeah. cornerback. Troy Warner. I thought, I'm excited. Moore, Isaiah Heron. I'm excited about the guys. experience yeah. this defense brings back. Yeah, let's go, man. Our Spring question ball starts Monday, by the way. of the day, yes. And our question of the day is about football. Spring game uh, coming up in uh, late March, March 28th. Excited. We're not busy enough, right? <laughs> we live for this. It's a good time. We'll sleep in May. We'll sleep in May. Should BYU and Boise State move all of their football games, matchups, to a Thursday or Friday? Why or why not? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. First response in from Jessica B on Twitter says, I'd prefer the team to have more time to prepare and practice. Also, as a season ticket holder that lives in Idaho, weeknight games in general make it difficult for us to be able to attend. Yeah, this switch is not made for the people going to the game. It's TV. Made for TV. It's I TV. imagine that Fox Sports is the one who switched it with the new Mountain West deal, which Boise State sued about, and then the Mountain West gave them... <laughs> they the, got their way. Gave them the bonus. They yeah, got their way. Exactly. Hashtag BYU on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, how does the resume look going into the final game of the regular season for BYU Men's Hoops? And Jonathan Tavernari with his latest bombastic takes joins us on the show. Do we owe him an apology for putting him in timeout? Because BYU went out and beat Gonzaga. This is BYU Sports Nation. 
BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Hoops wraps up the regular season tomorrow at Pepperdine. Listen to the game on BYU Radio. The Cougars go for a ninth straight win and look to lock up the two-seed in the West Coast Conference Tournament. Pre-game coverage begins at 5 Eastern on BYU Radio. We're live in Studio B on a Friday. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. We welcome in now former BYU sharpshooter, European basketball star Jonathan Tavernari, and we have grown accustomed to loving his bombastic takes. And I will say this, Jonathan, I thought this morning, do we owe JT an apology <laughs> after putting him in timeout because of the San Francisco loss because of what BYU did against Gonzaga, which you said they would do if they were healthy. And JT, they weren't even healthy. Dalton Nixon didn't play, and they still beat the Zags. <clears throat> but to kind of counter that, uh, Gavin was there, which was unexpected, and nobody had an idea. Um, by no way, shape, or form – um, this is a knock on Dalton or on Gavin, but uh, Gavin doesn't have the experience that Dalton has. And what a season he's having. What a senior season Dalton's having. And so that senior experience, uh, leadership, taking charges, being the glue guy and so forth, those are things that Gavin will get it. It's just not there yet right now. Uh, nevertheless, I thought that you know Gavin scored his first couple of points, actually at four or six points, I believe. Um, rebounds, just being in the lane, um, I thought everybody stepped up. You know, obviously everybody's going to talk about Jake and TJ and Yoli, but I really felt that Kobe had an amazing game. Um, Zach Selyus. Zach. Alex was really good. Alex, you know, he's doing all the little things so that TJ and Jake can kind of just take that that extra step to just take it over in offense. But Alex, a lot of times on defense, he's right there in the rotation. He is doing the little things and taking the ball and, and also knocking down some really big shots. You know, and so um, Connor Harding is also a part of that. Um, but what amazes me the most is, and out of all of this, is I'm really, really surprised with Kobe's progress. Mm. In the beginning of the season, uh, Mark Pope even said, Kobe's going to be a pro. He Just watch. He's going to be a big-time player for us. And uh, the seven-footer, the big man for Gonzaga, I mean, he's, he's NBA-bound. And Kobe was backing him up and posting him up, and so and he was flexing. I'm like, big Idaho, baby, you know, <laughs> give me some of them potatoes, you know what I'm saying? And so, um, but I it, here's the thing: back when I said that, and you guys made fun of me because I put the hat and I had my Letterman's jacket on, they were playing in this type of rhythm. But then Yoli's injury and so forth, um, but they were playing this rhythm. And I'm not going to say that it's going to be really hard for them to lose again. But the way that they're playing, you're like, oh, my gosh, what a big shot. But it's what they do. You know, all of the tough shots and the, and the big shots they made against Gonzaga are all within rhythm and shots that, we, you know, all of us have seen TJ make, Jake make, Yoli make. It's not just a one-off. It, it's not. It's not just, you know, kind of like, uh, I don't know, just throwing a Hail Mary. It's not. These are shots that it, they're tough shots. Jake steps back from almost half court. These are shots that they make. And so it's it's great to see it, but it, again, you're not surprised, and that's why I said what I said, and I look really smart now. Yes, you do. So. We're letting the leash out a little bit farther <laughs> for you. <laughs> I won't run too far. Thank you. So what what I'm excited about, yet also aware about, is that BYU won't play in an environment like Saturday the rest of the season. So it's going to have to come from elsewhere, right? It kind of it kind of came to BYU senior night, right? Exactly. This is it, right? And BYU met the challenge. That was awesome. They're going to play at Pepperdine now, where they've got to win, right? And then uh, likely a semifinal against St. Mary's that 
we talked about it yesterday. That can't be overlooked. Those were, the home game, BYU was full bore and needed a last-second shot by T.J. Haas. So there's some important games coming up. And I agree with you 100%. I think this last game tomorrow, and again, I'm going to refrain from making predictions since last time I did something, you guys put me on timeout. So <laughs> Listen, you have, like, there's what, six a game? Let's go, man. You know what? But <laughs> my thing is... Tomorrow is a very important game because it's the very next game on the schedule, but it's the very last game they played until they play a really form, uh, formidable foe in, in St. Mary's at, at the WCC tournament. And so they need to be in rhythm because, let's be realistic, it's such a fun environment. I mean, we've we've known each other a little bit more than you and I have, Spence, but those games in Vegas were fun with the Mountain West Conference tournament and being in the MAC and the adrenaline, the energy, although it was <laughs> mostly negative towards us, but it's still energy that you feel it. And BYU is not going to have another home crowd where they're going to have a lot of fans. You know, in Vegas, they're going to have about three, four, five hundred fans. It's you know? mostly Gonzaga. It really is. But my point is there will be some fans screaming BYU, um, but it's n- by no way, shape, or form is going to you know replicate what we had here on Saturday. Um, so I think that that game is important because even against St. Mary's, it, it's going to be a battle. And again, I think you said it, you said it perfectly. These teams are so evenly matched, and this is not a knock on BYU or just you know uh, props to to, to St. Mary's. But at St. Mary's, it came down to the last shot pretty much over time. Here, it took TJ just taking over the game to win. So these teams, it's going to be a great matchup. And again, I don't think that it's, uh, you know, uh, like Jay Billis said, it's not a if, it's a when. I'm going to have to shave my head because of these guys going to the NCAA tournament. Uh, But I do think that it cannot be overlooked because now you are playing for seeds. Obviously, you're playing for a championship, but you're also playing for a good seed in the tournament. Your head's basically shaved now. Right. What is yeah. that? A, what is that? A two? It's a, it's a three. It's a three. It's a We're just going down to a one there. To a fade. To a three. Yeah. Yeah. So, but the beer is going to come off what? too. You know. So yeah. I mean, I don't. There's yeah. the sacrifice. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you really love a program and you believe in them, <laughs> you you really it's have cool. the thing. It's, it's cool to see you've joined me. Yeah. I, well, you know, I, <laughs> you know, it, it's unfortunate that I can't do the Tony Stark thing and kind of bring it back to TV. But you did say that these guys. I disagree. I disagree. Things evolve and things evolve. And I'm Jaron Jordan and things evolve. And here you are. Here you are. Not. Shaving your head if these guys go to this to the Sweet Sixteen. Listen, I, I, listen. Some of us have okay. been here for a few years, done that. You were okay. getting buckets in Europe. I was sitting here that's shaving okay. my head listen, years ago. It, you know, hey, it, you're not committed to BYU, and that's okay. <laughs> yep, so, I'm not. Everyone knows that. That's okay. That's all right. <laughs> JT, uh, we're talking about energy in gyms, and we anticipate the BYU will have more fans than Pepperdine fans in Malibu, just because the Cougars oh, are in 17th. No the doubt. SoCal yeah. alumni uh, chapter will show up. Um, so there will be some energy there, but let's say BYU gets into a scenario where they don't have a ton of fans. How do they manufacture energy so that they can bring that type of game we saw against Gonzaga in critical moments? Lamont Morgan never gets enough credit because Lamont was the guy that would go around and hype us up. And Lamont would come and, you know, with the braids and the swag – Slap people. You better watch out. Sorry, I mean, I know. Sorry, I don't mean to. You know? I, I'm it's okay. slight here. If you be working out? Okay. No, but anyway, he, Lamar will be like, hey, let's go and let's go and get ready and slap people and getting excited, motivating, doing dances. We had handshakes. And it will take somebody to kind of get them hyped up. Um, and, and to be honest, 
every time that we were ranked and we go on the road, you kind of have that kind of bit of that swag because you're like, hey, we ranked 17 in the country. These chumps don't deserve to be on the same floor as us. <laughs> we would say that to each other and we would get excited, right? Problem is, you gotta, you not only gotta talk the talk, you gotta walk the walk. And to get that energy, and again, Pepperdine is a solid team. You know, it's gonna be a good game. Um, but you can't overlook that. And you ha- it's a mental game. You know what I'm saying? It's something that you have to, you know, instill in your mind and be like, I'm not playing against Pepperdine. I'm playing against Duke. And you just kind of – and it's a small gym. It looks like a high school auditorium. and But you have to figure out a way mentally to kind of get through it. Let's talk about where this team fits because you played on some tremendous teams that were really fun to watch. And you had a lot of good weapons, right? And you had dominant players and players uh, of the year in the league and whatnot. Do you feel like this team is uh, in the same ilk, or is this team better than some of the teams you played on in the late 2000s? I would say that this team is deeper. Definitely, they have a longer rotation. I was thinking about down the way here. Um, probably the deepest team that I was a part of was probably the, my senior year, 09, 010. You know, uh, first time in school history, we got 30 wins. Um, win, uh, win in the NCAA tournament? Yeah, Florida but, but I think it, beyond that, because I think 30 wins is impressive. When you look at resume of NCAA champions, they usually say high 20s, 30 wins. So that, you know, that for me, is, it's incredible. But we had Jermer, Jackson, Tyler Hawes, um, Noah Hartsock, Chris Miles, and then you had coming off the bench, Lamont Morgan, you had Charles Abuo, you Michael had Lloyd, you had me, you had Mike Lord, you had Brendan Davies. That's ten deep. That, that's pretty deep. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And so when you compare that type of team to this one, I think that that's a, a good comparison because Jimmer's senior year, it was give the ball to Jim, move out of the way, <laughs> you teach us how to Jimmer, and you guys get some stops and get the ball to Jimmer. You know, um, obviously, jokes aside, day year, uh, James Anderson came up big. Brandon Davies had a big year. Jackson. Logan Magnuson. Logan Ma- Rogers, yeah. yeah. All of these guys had big key moments, just like these guys have. Young Kyle Collinsworth, by the way. But Freshman. it was never like nine, ten guys, the way that these two teams I talked about. And so I think that's the biggest difference with this team. And, and if you look, uh, you know, just studying the notes, doing kind of the Greg Rebell thing, um, in my career, I averaged about 28 wins and seven losses a year. I mean, this team, it, you tweak certain things and the whole suspension about, you know, uh, the NCAA, who is a, a very honest and, and, and you know. A law-abiding yeah, citizen. a law-abiding organization. organization. Yeah, and, um, you know, and this team is right there. And so this team will always be remembered at BYU because, obviously, it's the Mark Pope first, first uh, beginning of his era. But also because this team brought excitement back to BYU. It really did. I mean, guys are – people are talking about BYU nationwide now. You know, and it's it brought back to what I truly believe, and we talked about this. What this is the type of expectation BYU should have: be ranked, be in a conversation, running from a conference tournament uh, or a conference championship, and just trying to be there. You know, to be able to have being a household name. JT, it's great to catch up with you, man. We know that you are sacrificing for the team pretty much on a <laughs> what, daily what basis. What a sacrifice! Going hey, from a three to a one. It, you know what? I kind of like. Uh, <laughs> You know, you're laughing. Let me tell you another dumb Brazilian joke. Um, yes. How does the train drink and eat? Do you know? It goes chugga, chugga, choo, choo, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Awful. I know, I know. But I didn't learn that one on my mission. There are a lot of things you didn't learn in your mission. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to wonder fan, what Brazil did you go to? Fan bachismo. Those are the words I had learned. You I, get I, surrender I, cobra for that did one. Did you go to, uh, yeah. <laughs> I went to Porto Alegre, dude. You yeah. know this. Well, so gaucho. Okay. 
And you know how to make barbecue, Dan? No, I just know how to eat it. Rio de Janeiro. Yeah, I tried to teach him. <laughs> Pretty good, right? You, were, you like that. Coming up. I'm trying to say it was swag. Don't for no. <laughs> I know. I got. Can I get that one again? I'm He's sorry. Right. I, got, I got one more time. Rio de Janeiro. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, man. No shame. No shame. Wow. <laughs> coming up. I already did. Yeah, what's coming up? Something the, else ought to have been this. The the Rootables. The Rootables. The Rootables yeah. are up next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Oh, okay. This is BYU Sports Nation where Spencer Linton just says things that don't make sense. <laughs> this segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Second-ranked BYU men's volleyball hosts 13th-ranked Stanford tomorrow. Watches the Cougars look to improve to 16-0 to start the season. Coverage begins at 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. He is Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. This is a Friday edition of BYU Sports Nation. I promise no more Portuguese attempts on my part. Why not? Maybe a little bit of Korean. We'll see. Yeah. But, uh, I, yeah, Jonathan Tavernari has laughed at me enough today. So. <laughs> he lost it. That was fun. <laughs> Let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation, and whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. BYU plays Pepperdine tomorrow to finish the regular season with a win. The Cougars will be the two seed or with a St. Mary's loss at Gonzaga. The Zags have locked down the one seed. BYU 14 in net ranking, six seed in Joe Lenardi's latest bracket this morning against 11 seed play-in game USC and Oklahoma. Football. Play-in game. All right, BYU football has new schedule announcements. Boise State on November 6th as that game has been moved to a Friday night in Idaho. Also, BYU and Fresno State of the Mountain West Conference announce a two-game series. The first game in Fresno, November 8th, 2025, back in Provo at Lavelle Edwards Stadium on October 9th of 2027. The Bulldogs lead that overall series in 11 games, 6-5. to five. In the XFL, Colby Pearson and the New York Guardians face off against the L.A. Wildcats Saturday. Micah Hanlon and the Tampa Bay Vipers take on DeAndre Wesley and the D.C. Defenders Sunday. T. John Caroma and his biceps, as well as the rest of the Houston Roughnecks, play Tomasi Laulile and the Dallas Renegades Sunday at 4 Eastern. Women's basketball. Are they the Renegades of Funk? Is that what they are? Sure, why not? Yeah, the Rage. Cougars beat Pepperdine in a nail-biter, 66-64, led by Brennan Drollinger's 17 points and 6 assists, banking in threes. Cougars' senior day is tomorrow against LMU, 4 Eastern on BYU TV. Volleyball. Undefeated BYU, ranked number two in all the land. The men are rolling. They host number 13 Stanford tomorrow at the Smithfield House, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific, live on BYU TV with Jerem Jordan and Steve Vale on the call. This marks the Cougars' last home game until April 2nd. Softball. Cougars beat Cal Poly 9-1, then took down Illinois 7-6. BYU plays number 25 Texas Tech in Boise State today, then Cal tomorrow. All in Fullerton at the Judy Garman Not Garland Classic. Baseball. BYU baseball drops the first game of their series with New Mexico 8-7. The Cougars have lost all three games against the Lobos this season. And all by two runs or less. Wild. And have three more to play in Albuquerque this weekend. BYU did score six runs in the seventh inning to tie the game, but fall short on a walk-off by New Mexico. Next game today, 2 Eastern, and then you can listen live on BYU Radio tomorrow at 2 Eastern. Track and field. The MPSF Championships in Seattle, but the men and women are there. The ladies are ranked ninth. They'll compete against 21 teams, including number 4 USC, number 7 Oregon, number 8 Stanford, number 10 Washington, the host. Gymnastics. 19th ranked BYU, the Gymcats, 
They head to number 52, Illinois State, for a meet. First time these programs will match up in the guard young head coach era at BYU. The Cougars have won five straight dual meets and could really use about a 196.5 score or better to help bolster that regional qualifying score. You want to be a top 16 team so that you're nationally seated. Golf. Zach Blair is tied for 112th at 6 over par at the Honda Classic. Best of luck to Zach, who is even uh, through round two, and he's uh, through two holes today. Cougars in pro hoops. Three Elijah Bryant had 13 points, two assists, and three rebounds in a Maccabi Tel Aviv 71-70 win over Olympiacos. And for Barcelona, Brandon Davies had 16 points against CSKA Moscow in EuroLeague play, qualifying for the playoffs with a win there. Tennis. The BYU men on the road to face off against number 43, Denver. I love that we're doing rankings all the way to 52 in gymnastics and 43 in tennis. BYU tomorrow, 2.30 Eastern. The Cougars are on a two-match win streak. Denver, however, 9-1 this season, while the Cougars are 5-6. Women's team plays number 45, Utah, tonight in Salt Lake. BYU 6-2 on the season on a three-match win streak. It's time now for your BYU basketball NCAA tournament resume update. Presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. Learn more at Bodyguards.com. Hit the music in the net rankings. BYU, as they have been for the past few days, holding steady at number 14. Very, very good mark. 15 in Ken Palm. No change there. BPI at 18. Sagarin, they drop one from 18 to 19, and they also drop one in strength of record and KPI. They're down two spots, but I mean, no major movement, primarily because they haven't played a game. We'll see what happens tomorrow after BYU and Pepperdine go final. Bracket matrix, all 94 brackets, of course. Average seed 6.13, high of 8, low of 4. The Rootables, no games of consequence today, but we'll cover the uh, the weekend. Let's look at Joe Lenardi's seed lines in teams around BYU. Of okay, so we're, we're, we're branching outside of the West Coast Conference here. Yes, West Virginia, Iowa, Colorado, Michigan, Michigan State are five teams seated just ahead of BYU. Uh, West Virginia has six seed, Iowa, Colorado, Michigan, Michigan State has five seeds. So the uh, there's some teams around BYU hoping, hoping you lose, but tomorrow, Oklahoma at number 20, West Virginia. You hope for an upset there to help okay. BYU's cause. Penn State and Iowa matchup of number 16 and 18. Uh, interesting to see that. Arizona at UCLA. This one could really help BYU. UCLA currently uh, in the net 76. If BYU can get that into somehow the top 50, that would be another quad one. That's a stretch a little bit. I don't think uh, UCLA will drop past 100 unless they just go on a little losing streak. But the Bruins are hot right now, and that would be nice. Uh, so BYU's resume is just fine right now. They could slide in as a six. Uh, but if they play St. Mary's and win, play Gonzaga either way, win, amazing. is going to go up to five, four or five. If they lose, I don't see BYU dropping past a seven. Um, if they lose in the WCC tournament, either to St. Mary's or Gonzaga. Pepperdine's the key here. Just avoid any blemish. Quad three or quad Beat Pepperdine four. and BYU will be a seven or better. At worst. Yes, at worst. At and, worst. And a seven for this squad would be somewhat of a disappointment given the way they're playing right now, right? <laughs> if BYU gets a five... Oh, that's a tremendous seed. Four or five. Six, fine as well, but you're playing a top 12 team as a three seed, barring an upset and a 3-14. So BYU in a really good spot. Just beat Pepperdine. If you can beat St. Mary's, should it be St. Mary's? No guarantee, by the way. they got to win their quarterfinal. Then you go into uh, the NCAA Tournament Selection Sunday, and you're feeling pretty good about life. Okay, I'll give you my top five teams to root for over the weekend. Jerem just laid out... 
uh, most of the big matches on Saturday and Sunday. Yes, Oklahoma at West Virginia is a big one. Boomer Sooner, let's go. Uh, In that Iowa-Penn State matchup, I would propose that Iowa beat Penn State because uh, the Nittany Lions have consistently been above BYU, and just maybe that'll shake some things up. Yes, UCLA over Arizona, the Bruins are rolling. And then on Sunday, the Stanford-Colorado matchup is interesting. Stanford's good at home. Colorado is reeling a bit, but they're still above BYU in the seed line, so root hard for Stanford to beat Colorado. I uh, can't forget St. Mary's at Gonzaga and Utah State in New Mexico. Jeremy, who do you want to win the St. Mary's-Gonzaga game? St. Mary's, because we need uh, that that home win to be a quad one. Gonzaga's going to be a two seed. That's going to be a top ten win. It's St. Mary's that could become another quad one win for BYU. Could, could St. Mary's numbers get better by playing Gonzaga on the road? Certainly. But if Even you, losing? But if you win, that's better. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Coming up, and one picks, the final ones of the regular season. Plus, we play dope or nope and address all of the potential NCAA tournament locations for BYU. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tomorrow, the women's basketball team hosts LMU for Eastern on BYU TV in the final game of the regular season, final home game for four seniors. BYU clinches the two with the win and a San Diego loss to Pepperdine. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on a Friday. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. We've only played it a few times, but each time it's been very enjoyable. So let's go back to it. Dope or nope with Ben Bagley. Ben, a game like this must feature you, my friend. That's because it's dope. That's right. Dope or nope. We'll start with number one. Playing a play-in team in the first round of the NCAA tournament. I could go both ways on this one. I, I, both. Uh, a team has a little momentum, has already kind of gotten the jitters out of playing in the NCAA tournament game, yet may have tired legs a little bit playing two days and traveling the next day, right? It'd be a Tuesday, travel Wednesday, play Thursday, be always sitting there. Uh, I'd go either direction on that one. I say dope. Primarily because it's tough to turn around after winning a game and then have to play one of the best offensive teams in the country like BYU uh, and try and hold them down on limited preparation. And that's the case for everybody in the second round as well. Like if BYU wins, it's like, oh, we're playing someone two days later. Yeah, I, I would I would love for BYU to be in a position where they take on a play-in winner just because that means BYU is playing really good basketball and are viewed as a team that deserves to take on a play-in winner. I don't want it to be USC or Oklahoma, though. I'd rather it be a mid-major. Okay. Next. Dopest or nopest? Possible first-round tournament locations for BYU, which would be Albany, St. Louis, Spokane, or Tampa. Spokane would be the best uh, regionally, I think, for BYU fans to get to. Albany would be a long ways away, yet there's kind of a Jimmer Fredette connection with Glens Falls not being too far from that location. That's where you fly into if you're trying to get to Jimmer. Uh, Jimmer's uh, old stomping ground. So, I, I, dopest is uh, Spokane. I think nopest is probably Albany, but uh, Tampa or St. Louis would be cool too. Okay, yeah, I'd rank them Spokane number one, the Northwest, huge contingent of BYU fans. They would show up and show out, be heard. St. Louis, probably number two for me in the Midwest. I know there's a nice faction of BYU fans. We saw this in Knoxville, Tennessee. People would show up in St. Louis as well. Missouri again. Yeah, Andy Reid might be there. Who knows? Let's go. Uh, And then I'd probably take Albany over Tampa. I think there would be more BYU fans in the Northeast in upstate New York than there would be in Florida. you got to think about your enjoyment here. Come on. 
Well, uh, you want me to go to the beach? Is that what you're saying? Man, where are we going? Albany. <laughs> Love Albany. Okay. I've, I've been to Albany, I'm, but I'm first thinking, Tampa, I'm come about on. BYU and the reception they'll have in each of these locations. Yes, the, the beach would always be nice. Next. Dope or nope? Possibility of having nine days in between games for BYU from Saturday to the West Coast Conference semifinal. It's dope for potential uh, injuries, right? Can Dalton Nixon somehow get back? Amen. It's nope for momentum, right? Um, And it's good to prepare. There's going to be some tired legs from other teams playing a day or two later where, yeah, you're right, the point you brought up earlier, just sitting there waiting for the semis. But how much rust comes in? I I do think it's dope, mainly for Dalton Nixon's... uh, Rest up the bumps and bruises. It allows Gavin Baxter a little bit more time to practice with the team to get more acclimated. Yoli Child's finger heals a little bit more. Jake Toulson's ankle has some more rest. Dalton Nixon's foot can heal. Like I am all about the rest for BYU before tournament play. Even if they lose the game in the West Coast Conference semis, what? They can get the rust out there and be ready to go by the time the real tournament hits. You could go into nine days with a nine-game win streak, and it's like, oh, let's just play again. Let's go, let's go. But Yeah, you know, there is something about I'll take my... the seed more than the days. But I, I like the rest for BYU. I think this is the best possible scenario. Next. By the way, if all goes to plan, there's a possibility of four games in 25 days from Gonzaga last Saturday. What is this, to... football? Yes. Yes, <laughs> to the to game one of the NCAA tournament. Last one, dope or nope? Being born on a leap day, I would go nope. You know, it's just like, oh man, I don't, my, I don't even have a birthday this year. You're celebrating it on a day that isn't even your birthday. I'd go nope on that one. I mean, it's unique because you can lie about your age. I mean, you're 64 and you're like, I'm turning 16 today. Sweet 16. What are you a vampire? <laughs> <laughs> so the, it is kind of unique and fun, and it's a good conversation starter. But yeah, it'd be weird, like. I don't have a birthday this year. Like, February 29th is not going to happen. According to the calculations of how we rotate around <laughs> the sun in every four years, I don't have a birthday, but I know I was born because I exist. Uh, I will celebrate my birthday uh, between 11.59 p.m. on February 28th and uh, 12.01 a.m. on March Geneva, 1st. Geneva uh, Standard Time. Coming up, uh, who gets today's rise and shout-outs? You're the scientist from The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Our latest and one picks. Still trying to catch up to Jerem. It's pretty close. It's BYU Sports Nation. I've got the formula of Greg Rubel's tweets. I've figured it out. Uh, Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Show available on demand anytime via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or download the podcast. You can Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. And then uh, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Time for and one. Jerem Jordan leading the way. 43-38. Let's make our picks. Picks. Predictions and one on BYU Sports Nation. You're leading, so why don't you go first? Uh, typically, the the the, def- lose, the loser, the loser, the deficitor. <laughs> you go, no, please. All right, okay. First pick. I'm going with an exact pick I had in the Gonzaga game, and I feel like this is even more aggressive. Okay. BYU will produce the game's leading score. There's only one point difference between Childs and Ross and Lee, but Ross is playing at home. And he, you better believe he's going to come out with a vengeance after getting himself into a little bit of foul trouble against BYU. With a vengeance. Yeah, so uh, I feel like this is aggressive. BYU will produce the game's leading score at Pepperdine against the guy that averages more per game than even Yoli Childs. 
and one. BYU will win the game by nine points or fewer. Oh, you dog. You I, think this, I think this card. will be a close game. Yep, BYU wins, but I think it's going to be a close game. My first pick, Colby Ross scored 21 plus. Averages 20.6 in league play. He only had 16 in Provo. That was because of foul trouble. I think he goes above his average in, uh, on senior night, although he's not a senior. He's a junior. Uh, yeah. And my and one pick. 17 plus. Oh, no. No, 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 no. No. It's not what you think. No, no, no. It's not what you think. BYU will be ranked 17 or better come Monday. Okay. That means they'll win. That means some teams in front of them will lose. BYU will be, they will climb, be equal to or climb. Okay. okay. They won't drop. Because <laughs> BYU could drop. Take a team or something, this. right? If BYU plays the game you're saying and some other teams kind of behind them win or whatever, they could leapfrog them. So 17 plus in the rankings. Just win. Just did win. I get you? Were you like, no! Oh, you yeah, did. yeah, you did. Reverse games and don't, don't do it. <laughs> if you yell like that when I make those picks, you have problems. Okay? <laughs> Our question of the day. Are you okay with 17 plus? No, I'm kidding. Uh, should BYU football and Boise State move all of their games to a Thursday or Friday? Non-Saturday contests. Why or why not? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Ray LeBaron on Facebook says... A team needs every day to practice that they can get. The fewer days to practice, especially on the road, the worse it is. I got it. How many NFL teams complain about Thursday's games? They just need additional prep time. There's uh, real complaint I, there. No, I, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, that's why I'm cool with Fridays. Thursdays, I think, are a little aggressive. I think Fridays aren't that crazy. All right. Yeah. They know the game plan by Thursday anyway. Today's rise and shout-outs. Mine goes Fox Sports because they're probably the ones that wanted to move the BYU Boys. You're all in on this. You like this. I like a Friday. Yeah, yeah. With these two, I'm game if it was uh, Friday every time. My rise and shout-out goes to one of the top ten defenders in the country in women's basketball. She's a semifinalist for the National Award. Sarah Hampson followed followed up that honor. She's the best! By blocking seven shots in a critical win over Pepperdine last night. BYU stays alive for a potential two-seed and triple bye by beating the Wave. Seven blocks for Sarah Hampson. Spencer, she's the best. So good. She's number one. She's the number one. Our thanks to today's guest, I think, Jonathan Tavernari. <laughs> Sorry to Dennis Pitta. Ran out of time, bro. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use hashtag BYU. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Teresa Hampson. We'll see you for a double dip of BYU sports tomorrow with women's basketball and men's volleyball. Go Cougs. No, 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 17 plus. No, 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 reverse catch. No, 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 no.